Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to part one of the weekend mailbag. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined, as always, by the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And, of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. And this time, a special guest. He is a brand new homeowner moving from his first home to his second home. So he's moving on up. He is, of course, a contributor to TurnOnTheJets.com, Play Like a Jet, and a Twitter legend, Mr. Paulie Brzez. So, a lot of mailbag questions to answer, and we've got not only a very big deal, but a Twitter legend here to help me answer them. So let's jump right into the mailbag. Let's kick things off with Thomas Arnone, who asks, Everyone is concerned about the state of the O-line, center, and depth in general, but we all forget about the Frank Pollock hire. How much better will the O-line be with him as the coach? On a lighter note, who has the best golf game of all of the beat reporters? So let's start with the first question. I think Frank Pollock's going to do well. He has a really good track record. Obviously, it's kind of impossible to know exactly what he did for specific players without talking to a bunch of players that played for him. I hope that somebody on the beat, maybe a very big deal, will try and delve into that aspect and see if they can get comments from some of the guys that played for him in Dallas or Cincinnati or whatever. But he does seem to have a strong track record in that everywhere he goes, the offensive line seems to improve. As far as the second part of the question, who has the best golf game, I'm just going to make an educated guess here and say Rich Semini. I have no idea if I'm right. He just looks like a dude that would be good at golf. That's, that's interesting. Uh, I'll start with the offensive line and, and Frank Pollock. Uh, one, one of the dirty little secrets in the NFL is how important offensive line coaches are. Um you look at somebody like Dante Scarnecchia up in New England. Look at Bill Callahan. You, you look at Mike Munchak. Like, wherever these guys go, their offensive lines play well. And the, the thing about it is that not only are they good at coaching individual players up with the right technique and fundamentals and having them do everything, but they do a great job of getting them to work in unison as like a cohesive unit. And that's a huge factor with the offensive line. And he, Frank Pollock has done that everywhere he's gone. Um, I have plans during training camp. I'm going to talk to all the offensive linemen and really dig into Frank Pollock. I'm going to ask them all questions. I haven't done that yet because for some reason the, the Jets have decided that they're only giving us players in group settings throughout these OTAs and mini camps, so you don't get the one-on-one questions. I don't like to ask these types of questions in the group settings because then everybody's going to be writing the same exact story. So I'm saving all that stuff for training camp. But I'm going to definitely be doing a, a deep dive into uh, Frank Pollock at that point. As far as the golf goes, I'd, I'd be surprised if it's if it's Samini. Uh, I'd feel very confident in my answer of Matt Stipikowski or Andy Vasquez being one in they're one and two. And I, I knew the answer, which one of them was better, I think, because they've discussed this. They, they play golf together a lot. Uh, and so I, I, 
I, I know I've heard the answer, but I forget. But it's those two are definitely at the top of the list, and I am probably somewhere down at the bottom of the list. My short game is really good, though. Wow, I did not expect that. I'm going to have to text Matt Stipulkowski and ask him who the better golfer is between him and Andy Vasquez because we need answers. But I'm definitely going to try and find out the truth. I'm stunned to learn that Rich Semini is not at the top of the list because for whatever reason, maybe it's the way he wears shades or something. He just kind of looks like a dude who'd be good at golf. What do you think about these two questions, Paulie? So um, for the old line, I think back on old mailbags, I had mentioned that I was waiting to see you know, how they do with Pollock. Like Chris said, um, he's got a reputation, uh, and his reputation is having good old lines. Um, I know we didn't upgrade the center position, which we've talked about at nauseum, but it seems like not only do they like Harrison, but so does Sam Darnold, and I'm okay with that. Um, if the quarterback's going to sign off on a guy he's comfortable with, and Darnold did have better play towards the end of the year with Harrison taking over at center. Um, so in short, um, you know, this is one of those things that you got to wait to see play out because you're going to see the results on the coaching. And, and good coaching does matter as much as people just think, you know, oh, the head coach is doing a good or bad job. But the position coaches are just as important because they're with this with the line at all times. So I'm waiting to see that. As far as the golf goes, um, I, my choice is Samini as well. Um, I just think he's the wily veteran. Um, he's always wearing golf shorts and, and golf shirts. Um, I remember seeing him back in the Cortland days, and I think I remember – uh, overhearing them talking about going to play golf. And, you know, Samini's been in covering this team for so long, and, and it seems like, you know, he sticks with things. So I just feel like he'd be a patient guy and a good golfer. That was probably what it was. Like I said, the way he wears the shades and the fact that he's always wearing golf attire, I just assumed that that meant he was good at golf. Yeah, that, that's uh, I, I do think Andy and Matt play a lot more than Rich do. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I guess that'll teach me to judge a book by its cover. By the way, I have an answer to our question. I texted Matt Stipulkowski as Paulie was talking, and here's his response. It depends on the day. Andy and I are pretty even. think we'd both say that my best is better than his best, but he's a little more consistent. So there you go. It's a push. By the way, just to confirm what you were saying, Chris, about the fact that Rich apparently is not that good at golf, Matt adds, I haven't gotten a chance to play with Rich yet, 
but his own reviews of his game are not glowing. So <laughs> there you go. That is confirmation that Matt Stoplikowski and Andy Vasquez are the two best golfers on the beat. They're right about even, and Rich Simini nowhere near as good as we would have expected based on all the golf attire that he always wears. Next question comes in from Michael Kekka. He calls himself gazed and confused. He says... I hear there's some ambulance chasers on the Jets beat. As someone that works as an EMT riding around in an ambulance, should it be worried that I'm being chased by members of the Jets beat? I don't really know what to say to this. Chris, do you know something I don't? Is there someone with a law degree on the Jets beat? I'm not that I'm aware of. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. That's a weird I, question. I, Made me laugh, but I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, well, that's the ambulance chasers. I just think lawyers. So right. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. That's what I was taking it as too. Yeah, I, I I don't really know what to do with that. Uh, I, I I chuckled at it too, but yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, I need some more clarification for that before I can answer it. Michael, if you listen to this, feel free to send a follow up tweet for the next mailbag because I really don't have any idea what you're talking about. But it is funny that you brought that up. Next question comes in from Gus Tune, one of my favorites. He says. Do you think Blessing Austin will play this year? No, I don't. And the big reason for that is because I spoke to Dr. Steven Stoller, 35-year orthopedic surgeon. After the draft, we went through all of the draft picks that the Jets had just gotten and their medical histories. And Dr. Stoller seemed pretty certain that Blessing Austin is not going to be able to play this year. He did say that Austin will probably make a full recovery and has a chance to be a solid player on the Jets because the injuries that he's had would have ruined his career years ago. But now... Medical technology and advancements in these procedures has come so far that a guy like Austin could have a career, but no, I don't think he's playing this year. Did you, did you happen to see his golf swings? Because if you did, then the answer's no. Um, <laughs> no. I, I, it, was, it, it wasn't a good look for him. He's way better at football than me, I guarantee you that. But yeah, I, I can, I'm as bad as I am at golf, I, I can beat him in a round of golf. Uh, but obviously that's that's just a joke. I everything from that I've heard and I've seen so far leads me to believe that they're basically just gonna be red shirting him this year. They're not even really going to try to push it push it or anything. So it's possible but I, I highly doubt it. I expect it to be basically just be a red shirt year for him. And they'll also just look at the way how cautious they're being you know, with someone like Marcus May right now, I, I think that they're going to sit here and say, all right, look, if we're going to get anything out of this guy, just let him develop this this year. Let him do some work here and there, but and then just learn the game from the playbook and film study part of it. And then next year they can bring him out and try to see what they really have in him. Yeah, when the pick was made, we kind of knew it was going to be a redshirt year for him. And that's fine because of where he was picked. Um, you know, and, and I'm pulling for him. Obviously he's had bad luck with, with knee injuries, but, um, you know, like I said, where he was picked and for him to have a red shirt year, year one, that's fine. Um, you know, but the corner is the weakest part of, of this defense. It might be one of the weakest parts of the roster. Um, and they're going to have to find help elsewhere. Uh, you know, once we get into, you know, cut downs and camp and stuff like that. Um, but no, we're not going to see him on the, we're not going to see him on the field, uh, this season.
Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next question comes in from Dean McGowan. He says, when will we be seeing the Jets sign Austin Safarian Jenkins? Doesn't sound like they're going to be signing him. I guess they're satisfied with what they've got at tight end. And Chris, you can elaborate on this, but it sounds like there's something going on with Austin right now. Yeah, I I don't they fully do not expect the Jets to do anything there. Uh, I jumped the gun a little bit on this. I, I didn't realize this was a mailbag question, so I answered it right away on Twitter. I can't see it happening. And there's reports that it had something to do, uh, him being released from New England had something to do with personal issues. We know um, some of the issues he's had in the past. So I, I don't think that anybody's going to be really rushing to sign him. And I don't think he's going to be rushing to sign anywhere right now, especially after just leaving New England uh, after such, such a short period of time. I just don't expect it to happen. And, you know, the, the Jets aren't exactly stocked with that, that uh, tight end position, but there are a lot of people back there. And honestly, Austin Jenkins isn't anybody that should be getting signed over any of these guys, really. Short and sweet. Nope. <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't, it, it just doesn't make sense for the Jets. And obviously, you know, if he's got personal things going on, you know, with this history, uh, I hope he gets the help he needs. But there, there's not a spot for him here, and I don't think there's a need for a reunion. Next question comes in from Jets Joe seventy three, one of my favorites, and not just because he's buying me a Quentin Williams jersey. He <laughs> says, "If you had to start a wrestling tag team with one current member of New York Jets, who would you pick?" I'd have to go with Henry Anderson. Feel like that dude would be a monster. So I'm going to change this question slightly. I'm going to make this: If you had to take any two members of the Jets and turn them into a tag team, who would you pick? And here's who I'm going with. I'm going with the Williams boys because I think they have a good chemistry together. They both have personality. They're both big, strong dudes, and I think they would work well together in tandem and get over with their personalities. I could see Quinn and Williams being a huge baby face in pro wrestling just with that smile and the manner that he has. I think he could have a little bit of a Daniel Bryan thing going about him in terms of natural baby face, but obviously he's such a big, huge guy that it would be a different dynamic. But that's my answer. If I had to make a tag team out of any two guys on the Jets that would be a successful tag team, I think it would be Leonard Williams and Quinn and Williams. Yeah, that's that. You kind of stole my answer there. That's where I was going with, especially. I think the personalities of both of them and everything and how how they get along and mesh well would be great. But I will I'll do a little bit of an audible audible here just so we don't have the same exact answers. And I'll go Quinn and Williams and Colexio Semele. Mm. Just, uh, just, just throw that guy out there. He's not going to have this the same personality as Leonard. Uh, but I, you, you throw Colexio Semele out there. Just, just his look. He, he has it down. That, that's good enough. Color me shocked. There was a question about picking somebody for something, and Scott picked Quinn and Williams. <laughs> I am so shocked. I I can't believe he's been doing this show for six months. Yeah, I mean, I, honest to God, you know what? 
all, all the content is always good, but every time I hear Quinn and Williams come out of Scott's mouth, all I hear is wah, wah, wah. That's all I hear at this point. But no, honest to God, this is actually really hard for me because I'm trying to sit here and think of, you know, what I want from a tag team. Uh, so number one, I'm, I, I like brash guys. I like personality. So I'm, I'm going with Jamal Adams because I want a guy who's going to be able to talk on the microphone and, and, and also bring the punch and bring the hit. Um, you know, and then finding him a formidable partner is kind of difficult. Um, I want to kind of say Marcus made, but you know, he's, He's kind of on the shelf, which would make Jamal have to be be a solo act by himself sometimes. Um, so I think I'm going to go with someone who's, you know, we're not really sure about him, but we think that maybe we know he's good, but what could he be with Jamal? So I'm going to say C.J. Mosley because Jamal's going to do all the talking uh, and the play, and Mosley's just going to show up and do his work. So that's where I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Jamal Adams and C.J. Mosley. I think my backup team would be Adams and Le'Veon Bell, because I just think the two of them would be such great trash talkers. They could get over as brash baby faces like Stone Cold Steve Austin or as heels turning on the crowd and yelling at them. Yeah, once Paulie said Jamal, my brain went straight to Le'Veon Bell as, mm-hmm. the, as the partner, too. I, I get and like his reasoning with Mosley, but my brain went straight to Le'Veon there. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Michael Kekka jumping in again, always with the fun questions. He says, how much wood could a Teddy Bridgewater chuck if a Teddy Bridgewater could chuck wood? A lot of wood because, let's be honest, Teddy Bridgewater is basically superhuman. Yeah, as much wood as Teddy Bridgewater feels like chucking that dad. It's, it's that simple. It's not how much he could. He could he could chuck more wood than you could possibly imagine. It's just a matter of how much he feels like doing I have no idea how much wood he could chuck, but I know that he could fetch a third-round pick, and I am happy with that. <laughs> Next question comes in from Bubba Beck. He says, if Darius... Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Play ends up on the trade market. What's his value? Should the Jets trade future picks for him? Really kind of depends on what Detroit is looking for. I'm not really that concerned about the money aspect of this, although he obviously is going to cost some money. But if it's going to cost them a second or a third round pick to get Darius Slay, you got to ask yourself if it's worth it because Darius Slay is getting up there in years. Still very good. But how close are the Jets to making a real run? And I don't just mean contending for a playoff spot. I mean making a real run that you would want to trade premium assets for him. So I would certainly look into it, but I wouldn't trade a premium draft pick for him at this point. Yeah, I'm, that's the exact same answer I'm going to give. The money doesn't concern me. 
but what are you giving up for him? And, you know, he would definitely improve this team this year. There's no doubt about that. But is he improving them enough? I, I don't think it's going to be going to prove them to make improve them enough to make them a Super Bowl contender or anything. And, and then you're, you've got two two starting corners with a lot of money tied up that are both, both older in age and on the downside of, of their prime career. Uh, Tremaine Johnson a little bit more than Darius Slay, and then all of a sudden you're going to have to scramble to try to make that up in the future, and you're going to be down a draft pick or two to be able to do that. So uh, it's definitely not something that I would scoff at and brush off like nothing if they did it, but uh, I I would be hesitant to give up something. I'm I'm probably not giving up a second-round pick for him. Uh, No. Yeah, I mean, the corner depth, like I touched on earlier, is really bad. Um, You know, we're hoping for a bounce-back year under Greg Williams from Tremaine Johnson. Uh, I'm not trading a first or a second, but knowing that you're going to have to give him kind of a decent contract, uh, I'd be more than willing to give a third um, and kind of see if we can, you know, get creative with them and and see how else we can make it work. Uh, But he is an outstanding player. He is an all-pro. Uh, he's immediate upgrade to what we currently have on the roster, and he comes in and he's an immediate starter, obviously. Um, so it's definitely something that I, I hope they explore and 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 get involved in um, to try to you know improve the secondary. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next question comes in from John McAnally. He says, "Should we be concerned that Polite has been practicing with the third string defense?" Not really. It's very early in these OTAs. I wouldn't really get concerned until you get deep into training camp. They're just kind of feeling guys out right now, so I wouldn't be too worried about it. Yeah, there's absolutely no concern, especially because the guy play is going to be here. He's going to be on this roster. They want to give some work to some guys right now that they have a little more question uh, about whether they'll ultimately be on the roster. And then you guys... Uh, you know, a rookie. They didn't have rookie camp uh, for a similar reason. Gates didn't want these guys coming in and doing any real work without actually knowing the playbook and knowing any of this stuff. So that's part of it. Is it's, they're going to bring him along slowly in the film room and get him in the classroom so he knows his roles and responsibility before they really send him out there. And he's also this year. You're not going to see him be a three down player. It, it, you're going to he's going to be a designated pass rusher by the time uh, training camp comes around, he's going to be out there and he's going to be ready to go with, with that and be able to just get after the passer. So I, I there is absolutely zero concern on my part for that. No, there's, there's zero concern for me. Um, you know, this is a player that we, we all were excited about. We were glad he lasted to where he did. Um, I think he's going to be a, a contributor for this team from week one. Uh, like Chris said, I mean, he's not going to be a three-down player, uh, but he is going to be an impact pass rusher. I think with with what the Jets have on the defensive line, with both Williamses and Henry Anderson and, and McClendon, uh, it's going to give opportunities for Polite to come off the edge free, matched up possibly on tight ends, obviously, uh, and be able to make plays off that edge with that, that quick speed and, and bend around the corner. So, uh, like, also, like Chris said, you know, they wanted to go light with the rookies. It's something Gates does and believes in. Um, so I think at training camp, you're going to start seeing, you know, him start moving with the with the twos and the ones and, and getting work in there. Um, and, and then once it's game time, you know, you're going to see him out there making plays. 
Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He says, who had the easier pick this year, the Jets at number three selecting Quinn and Williams, or the Knicks probably selecting R.J. Barrett unless they're crazy? What player do you think ends up being the better pro when all is said and done? This is going to shock people, but I think Quinn and Williams is going to be the much better pro. I also think a big part of this is that R.J. Barrett is overhyped and overrated. I don't think he was that good this year. I think he was somebody that came in with a lot of hype from high school and didn't live up to it. I honestly don't think he's in the same class as Morant or Williamson. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong, but I wasn't really that impressed with him. So I think the Jets selection of Williams was much easier. And I also think Quinnen is going to be a much better pro than R.J. Barrett. Yeah, this is this is easy. This is Quinnen Williams because the Jets got somebody who is going to be an absolute stud. And R.J. Barrett is one of these guys from the uh, Kobe Bryant school of thought, where as great as Kobe Bryant was, they're just shoot shots. They just they shoot shots. They don't care about efficiency at all. I, I, I didn't watch a lot of college basketball. I did watch a lot of Duke because of Zion. And uh, he's just so much fun to watch. And I keep watching, waiting to see the Star J. Barrett that everyone talked about. And I, I didn't see it at all. Uh, get a draft where there's only two really good players and the rest of the guys there. I don't know, be a good player drafted a 12th that we, we've never heard of or something like that, but there, there's a lot more guys that can turn into stars in the NFL than in the NBA. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Quinn and Williams too. I know that makes Scott very happy. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually kind of like RJ Barrett and I think that he should be the pick for the Knicks. I know it's a letdown because it's not Zion or Morant, but I think Barrett might be a solid contributing player, just not the star that you'd want at three. Um, so it is a little bit upsetting, but I think Quinn and Williams, while everybody will remember, I wasn't, I told everybody I'd be bored with the pick, but at the end of the day, it was the right pick and he's going to be a very good player for this franchise. So it's definitely going to be Quinn and Williams, but Hey, if RJ Barrett is awesome, that's fantastic too. Next question comes in from John McAnally again. He says, let's say it's week one and every Jets player is either sick or injured. Dowell Loggins has to go out there and play every position himself. How many points does he win by? At least seven touchdowns. 764 touchdowns. Um, he, he would probably die after the first half. <laughs> so, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he comes in and just lights it up like Fitzpatrick when he was on the Bucks last year, but... Um, you know, I think I think he uh, Logan's gets a gets a lot of flack uh, because you know he's a guy that that Gates trusts and he doesn't look like you know he looks like Pat Oswald and he doesn't look like he knows what's going on. But somebody who knows Gates' system and if Gates is comfortable with him and that's who's going to be around our quarterback, uh, I'm just willing to see how it plays out. But maybe he can go in and just light it up and throw it around the yard, looking like Penguin ready to go after Batman. I don't know. Next question comes in from AJ Tronzano. He says, after seeing Woody Johnson film the Queen during a D-Day memorial, is it possible to prove he's unfit to be an ambassador and, more importantly, unfit to own the Jets and the NFL could put the Jets up for sale? I know it won't happen, but one can hope. Whether or not they could prove that he's unfit to own the Jets... Let's be honest, that's just not how this works. This team isn't getting ripped from his hands. He's the owner of this team for as long as he chooses to be, essentially. So I know you're half joking, half serious, but no one's forcing him to sell the Jets. Yeah, I, I my normal in, uh, inclination at this point is to make a joke of some sort to play along with the joke. But what I want to say is 
I don't want to. I'm not doing that because I don't even want to get anybody's hopes up. He's not. He's not selling the Jets. <laughs> he's not being forced to sell the Jets. This isn't the NBA. Not that the NBA would even get rid of him. James Dolan's still around, but the, they're not forcing him to sell it. They don't care anything about Woody Johnson. They're gonna let him keep that team. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, it, it, it's Woody Johnson's team until he doesn't want it to be. Um, you know, the NFL doesn't get crazy like that. I mean, he would have to do something catastrophic to be forced to sell the team, um, you know, not on his own terms. Uh, they don't get involved like that. I mean, like I said, there'd have to be some kind of scandal, some kind of, you know, video coming to surface of something bad happening, um, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, I, I We all agree that the Johnsons have their faults. Um, they're not the worst owners in sports. They're not the worst owners in their own city um, in, in regards to sports teams. Um, the Wilpons and Dolan have them have them beat by miles and laps. Um, so while they have their faults again, um, you know, they're not that bad, but they're not going to be forced to sell the team. That's just not how it operates, like I said, unless something catastrophic happens. Next question comes in from Marty. He says, would you take the over-under on 800 all-purpose yards for Jamison Crowder this year? Also, Darnold, an overwhelming positive in terms of the appeal for the Jets' GM job. But were there candidates that were turned off by the fact that their legacy will always be tied to Mac since he drafted Sam Darnold? So let's start with the first part of this. I'm going to say over on the 800 all-purpose yards because I think Gase is going to find different ways to use Crowder. I wouldn't even be surprised if Crowder returned some punts here and there. As far as Darnold being an overwhelming positive, but people being afraid to take the job because they know that Mac would get the credit for drafting Darnold, if anything, Darnold would have drawn people in because that general manager would realize how much easier the job would be because he doesn't have to go out and find a quarterback, which is the hardest thing to find. So I think that while there may have been some drawbacks to the Jets' GM job, the fact that somebody would have to share credit with Mike McCagnin for Sam Darnold is not one of them. And I do think that Jamison Crowder will get over 800 all-purpose yards. Yeah, the Jamison Crowder over that's an excellent question, and that's that's a a very good job with the line there because 100 yards that's and that's tough. It's gonna be it's gonna be right around that over or under. At, part of it's gonna depend on the health of Robbie Anderson and Quincy Emanuel. And if they're healthy for 16 games, that might limit it a little bit. Uh, same with Chris Herndon, though we know he'll be likely be suspended for the beginning. Uh, there's, and then with Le'Veon Bell, uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of other targets to go around. But then if you think about Adam Gase's offense and him basically being the, the new driver's Landry, Albert Wilson type player in there. Uh, so I can make strong arguments for either case. I'm going to say, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say he's going to go slightly over it. Uh, I'll address this later uh, in the in the year approaching uh, the season. I'm going to put out a bunch of content to uh, make future bets, and anybody wants to go go ahead to their local casinos. If if you live in New Jersey or a state that allows legal gambling only, uh, then go ahead and uh, be on the lookout for that to see if we can hit some future over unders for you guys. But I, I'll go ahead and say he goes slightly over there. Uh, the only thing that will stop that is obviously him being injured or uh, or just Robbie and Quincy taking uh, the touches away from him. As far as any uh, GM candidates being concerned about uh, Darnold, 
of being tied to Mac. Now, that's the only way that it could be better for any incoming GM is if they were getting uh, hired right before the draft with the number one pick, and that guy knows that he gets to do it and be associated with him. If you want to be a GM job, that would be the, the top thing on your list. The second best possible thing you're looking for is to have somebody there already. Because even if you're going into the draft, you, you're confident, you think it, whatever, you haven't seen him in the NFL, they've seen Donald a lot, they know a little bit enough about him that they can feel comfortable with it. That's the most important thing. And now if, if you have that quarterback there, now the GM's job is to build the rest of the talent around him, and he will get credit for that, absolutely. Um, now, you know me, guys. I don't like to get into predictions for stats and everything, but I do think that Crowder is a perfect fit for the Gates offense, and I think he's going to have a big year. I think he actually may lead the team in receptions, um, so I think that's going to be something where him out of the slot, coming, lining up, maybe you know, going in motion, setting up in the backfield, kind of like with a – with an with a with a offset eye with Bell back there just to do different things to get the ball in his hand. So I do think he will lead the Jets in receptions. Um, I'm not sure how many, uh, but it's because I'm interested to see you know how Gase opens up this offense for Darnold, um, and, and and that's what I'm excited to see because Crowder is an excellent player. He's someone I wanted them to sign. Um, so I think he's going to be a great asset and a reliable asset for Darnold as long as he can stay healthy. He has had some issues with that, um, but I think he's gonna gonna have a really really important year for the Jets. Uh, in regards to, you know, the GMs kind of being hesitant with the, with taking the job, um, uh, the one thing I will say is this is this is a, is a good situation to take over. Um, you know, you got the quarterback, which is the hardest part to find. Um, it's the most important position in the game. Um, so that makes it very appealing and very attractive. Um, you've got a leader on your defense and a player like Jamal Adams, who, who is well-liked around the league by many players, and we've seen that he's able to get players here. He got Le'Veon Bell here. I'm, I, I know that you know you might think that yeah, the money had a lot to do with it, obviously. But but Bell, excuse me, uh, Adams talking to a player like Bell, and even talking to a player like Mosley at the Pro Bowl. You know, he's a he's an attractive player to get guys to want to come play with this with this culture. There's that word again. Um, so I think that this job is definitely an attractive one for the candidates. Um, because you've got foundations at the most important parts to build. And and it's just, you know, it's a good time to, to get a good person in here to go into the next era of Jets football. And that will wrap up part one of the weekend mailbag. Go ahead and follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Plus, read his very big deal work at JetsInsider.com. Follow Paulie the Twitter legend at Paulie underscore B-R-U-Z. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.